to the Waking Up From Work podcast. My name is Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Hey, and welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. This is your host, Dave Swole. I'm really happy to have you today. This is where we get to work, making work a passion. And for those of you that haven't been listening, what I mean by that is making a living, doing what you want to do for a living. Most of what we're talking about is in a creative space because I am an audio engineer. My co-host is a voice actor. So we talk to musicians and people in the creative fields that are hustling to do what they want to do for a living and not what they feel like they have to do. So that's what we're about here. Today, you're tuning in to episode 39, where I get to talk to Zach Zyla Audio, who I met not too long ago, but I feel uber connected to. And we kind of talk about some of the ways that we were already in the same circle and scene together, and we just hadn't crossed paths at this point, uh, which is really funny, but we did now. And we talk about networking and how important it is and how to do it in the right way where you're being real to that person, but you're also establishing connections that can really help you and your business leading into the future. We talk about releasing music in the modern time and some of the techniques to release content and how people are consuming it. And we talk about just exactly what I just said, uh, doing what you want to do for a living and how important that can be for your day-to-day life and, and, and the way that you lead it. And then we also talk a little bit about how you measure yourself as yourself, because when you're your own boss, it's still really important that you're measuring how you're doing with things so you can make a plan for the future. So check it out. Zach Zyla audio right here. Welcome back to the waking up from work podcast. You're listening to episode 39 right now. This is your host, Dave Swillam. And today I have the pleasure of hanging out with Zach Zilla from Zach Zilla Audio. Where like I feel I think you said a uh Don't you mean said to something you said something on Facebook one time about your um what did you say about your name or something? You're like, when I read my name aloud. Oh god. Which is actually say? it's it's Zyla, Z Y L A. Zyla, like Xylophone with an X, but with a oh. Z. No worries, dude. On the almost intro. like five five out of ten times, it's exactly like that. Is it Zilla? And I'm almost like, oh, it should be Zilla. Damn. That way, it could be like Godzilla. But um, no, I was I was making a logo and like looking at my name over and over and over again. But yeah. like the thousandth time, I was like, is this how I spell my name? And like maybe I'm like you. I'm like, how do I pronounce my name? And now I'm just like, who am I? Is this the spelling for it? At this point, I'm like, I'm like, screw it, symbol. I'm Prince now, formerly known as Zach Zyla. <laughs> Oh God. All right. Zach Zyla. Dude, welcome, man. Thanks for hanging out with me in a coffee shop and then hanging out with me on my podcast. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. It was good meeting you and it's, it's always good to talk to you. So I'm I'm happy to be here. So for those of you that like I I've been saying like it's I've been connecting with a lot of people um that also like we feel like we should have connected a long time ago. Like talking with Zach the other week, we kind of connected just because we were in the same circuit and i i came upon him and 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 uh he also had connected to me at the same time through 
my band. It was just really funny circumstance. But when we got together and we talked a little bit, we found out that we were like not only at, but playing at like the same hardcore shows back in the scene in New Hampshire, like what, what do you think? Like six years ago at this point? Oh God. I I actually, I was just on Facebook and they were just doing that, you know, memories thing. And it was like nine years ago, they posted a picture of me. I'm like, Oh my God, has it been that long? Oh yeah. Last time I was on stage was probably like at least five or six years ago, if not more. We were at like the same shows. Like we're at the, the summer breakdown at the the JFK and everything like that at the same time. It's just like, (laughs) Anyone Same. out there that is from New Hampshire listening to the podcast, because I know we've got a lot of people that have no idea what the scene is or anything. Anyone mm-hmm. that was in the Rocco's scene, oh, God. <laughs> I'm sure that we've been around each other in the past. And, I, and that's where we were around, too. It's so funny, man. Oh, yeah. Small circles, you know? The world feels smaller and smaller every day. So it's one of those things. So, dude, like, we got connected because you're an audio engineer working for yourself. Do you want to run people like who don't know you yet back, like through your background? Like how did Zach Zyla audio come to be dude? Oh God. What's the story, well, man? We'll go through kind of quick, but like when I was younger, probably like nine, 10 years old, I learned to play cello. It was one of those school activities and I just fell in love. It's a beautiful instrument. Don't really play it as much as I did, but it's still a beautiful instrument. Cello is beautiful, dude. Oh, yeah, I love it. From there, Bach, I went on Bach to- cello uh, suites melt my heart. <laughs> That's probably I mean, basic in the cello world, but they're oh, my no. pop songs. It, I mean, it's, it's not about how hard you play. It's how good it is, period, you know? Like, some right. of the best bands out there aren't about shredding, but they sound great. Yeah. But um, from there, I went to bass guitar, and I played in a pop-punk band. They basically were like, hey, here's our chords. We're going to train you and teach you how to play this instrument. It's like, cool, cool. So, you know, I just kind of fall with rhythm guitar did and it was pop punk. I just jumped around on stage. I was 15. It was fun. Uh, from there, I ended up picking up guitar and drums and just all kinds of stuff. And I've been in and out of band since, since I was 15. I mean, I haven't really done anything band wise myself. Like, like I said, five, six years, but yeah, I've been in and out of that world for a while. Uh, went into a studio with one of the bands and that's when I just fell in love with that side. And I was like, this is what I want to do. This guy took our crappy demo and he turned it into something like real and tangible and something that like people could listen to and actually enjoy listening to. So yeah. from there on out, I was like, I want to do that. I want to, I want to shine shit to gold basically. And, uh, went to school full sale, uh, graduated from there about two, three years ago and just been hitting the ground since. Even while I was at full sale, I was just trying to pick up clients and just trying to build a portfolio before I could even graduate. Love it, dude. Yeah. So now every day working to find clients, service clients, and take care of audio exactly. right now. You know it. Oh, yeah. That's the name of the game. Nonstop, where, too. Where are you recording out of right now? Right What's now, I'm space? in Manchester, New Hampshire. This is my own personal space. Uh, this is what I would call the uh, control room. Uh, I do do acoustic over here sometimes or do, like, intimate vocal takes, but I have another room right next door, and that's where I do, like, drums and amps. And if I can get the vocalist in there, I will. And, you know, sometimes it'll be one of those things where we've got half the band there and some of the band here, and we're trying to get as much done as we can. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's like the beauty of what we have, dude, is like, like I, I track out of, uh, another studio for drums, but that's because Mm -hmm. I literally do not even have a second room where I'm living at right now. I have a single room, so I have to do that, but everything else I can pretty much do out of here. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a perfectly treated room, but it it gets the job done. I kind of understand how it sounds. So I can EQ the, you know, the room noise out and all that crap. 
But if, if I can, I will rent a space that's, you know, more properly treated. So that way we can get really good drums in there. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, half the battle, dude, I feel like in this life right now, being a creative in the modern time is you can have weaknesses, like say like your room's not perfect. Mm-hmm. If you know whatever it is that is the imperfection in there, then it oh, literally yeah. doesn't matter. Oh, right? Yeah. Like we were just talking the other week, I think about like how you use, uh, you know, monitors and you just use, um, you know, some, some basic monitors, but you use a EQ control to make it so that they're leveled out in every way. And you're like, perfect. Exactly. It's good to go. Yeah, and you know I mean, those monitors. Just oh, like, yeah. I know my crappy monitors. I know what they're doing and I can treat it, you know? It's one of those things where you, you just get used to it, you know? Like whenever I go into a new space, I have this one record. It's, it's a Say Anything album and I bring that with me everywhere I go. So if I'm in a new spot, I'm like, all right, everyone shut up. I'm going to listen to this record that I've listened to a million times in a million places and I just, I know it. I know the guitar tones. I know everything. So when I sit there in the new space, I'm like, oh, it sounds like this in here. It's my familiar familiarizing track, and I, I it works every time. I love that. Yeah. So, dude, we talked to a big mix of people out there, and we were just mm-hmm. type. Uh, we were just like talking a little bit before the show. So, like in any space, what was that that you were recommending? Like, what's the number one thing you recommend? Someone's like, I'm going full time doing some type of freelance creative, pasty than audio. What's like the number one thing that you give them as a tip of you have to do this? Like, what do you, what have you felt so far in the two to three years that you've been doing this? You've got to connect with people. You've got to connect with them and you need to build relationships with them. It's just like how you said, you reached out to me. And I also, at the same time, had reached out to your band. It wasn't one of those things where we found each other on Facebook. You sent me, oh, like my page. And I sent you one. We just liked each other's page. We actually went to each other's page and tried to engage with each other and, you know, we try to work with each other, which is, it's so funny. It's hilarious. Our paths literally cross like days apart. And yeah, like crazy, dude. Oh, yeah. That, that's it was, the it was weird. The game. It was weird. Yeah. Like you, you've really got to connect with people because the more you can build with other people, the more you'll grow. And like one of my favorite things is, I mean, I hate this, but some people will be like, oh, you're another audio engineer. We're, we're at separate businesses. I'm Pepsi. You're Coke. Like we got to look at each other like enemies. And it's like, no, no, like we're an audio community. And like what I know, you may not know. And what you may know, I might not know. Right. So if we work together, it's, you'd be amazed what you can grow with other people. Like working so like, with other engineers, like looking at their processes, maybe it's not something I would take immediately from, but it's something that I can grow with and learn from. Same with right. musicians too. We did like a, uh, an episode with Pipe Dream uh, Brewery in Londonderry. Oh, nice, yeah, I and love them. Dude, they're very good. If you have... Yeah. If you're a craft lover and you haven't checked that up, so that's episode five and I'm definitely a craft beer guy, but one thing that he said, and I've brought this up on the podcast before, and I just believe what he said. Mm -hmm. I think we asked him, we were like, Hey man, there are a ton of breweries opening up around you right now. Like at that time there weren't as many. And then there were like five new ones that came in or something. I was like, Mm -hmm. how does that competition work? Like, what do you guys feel about it? And I asked um, Jason from Ancient Fire Meadery. I also had Jason and Margo on and asked them the same question. And neither of them were like, we hate that competition. We hate those people. Both of them said the same thing, dude. Mm-hmm. And that is that although Londonderry is not like New York City, so the mm-hmm. population is not ridiculous to serve this craft community, having that much more places there creates a community that supports that. So it's like 
if you go into New York City or you go into even better yet, Nashville, people literally go to Nashville because of how many recording studios and how many session musicians and how many musicians in general are there. It's not like if you go to Nashville, you run out of work. No. Oh God, no. There's so right? much down there. Because it pulls I, it there. If anything, so it's like you, there's you no probably... reason to 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 not work with other audio engineers because there's plenty of work for everyone. Oh, and yeah. forming a community is just like, you know, someone over there might be better at a certain genre and I am fully aware of it. So when someone comes to me and says, I want to do this thing, I'd be like, I suck at that thing. And if I do your project, I'm going to do it really bad. But Joe over there is very good at that. And then that just creates good, good things, dude. Cause like you saying, like you learning from other people in the community, like when we talked the other week, there were things that I was learning from you. I was like, damn, that's super good information. I got <clears throat> good things from it, but also it just forms a community where people don't feel like they have to go to Boston to go do recording. There's more awesome engineers in New Hampshire that can take care of them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's not a ton of us out here in New Hampshire, but the more I reach out, the more I find them, you know, they're some hidden. of them are little, little bedroom producers that aren't really like branding themselves out there. And like, man, I'm telling you, like some people are really good at what they do. And if they really just took that next step and really pushed themselves and really branded what they're doing, oh man, then we'd have some competition. Right. <laughs> I know. But, but like, go back into uh, like Pipe Dream. Like the thing I love about Pipe Dream, they're in a weird spot. I don't know if you've ever like physically been there. Like, yeah. it's, it's It's a weird little spot. Like you drive past it and never think about it. It's an industrial, like, it's in, like a hidden industrial park, like on the back half of the Manchester airport where planes <laughs> are actually flying over it. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the thing about it is like they build with their community. So when you come in immediately, you're surrounded by friends. Like even if you don't know everyone there, like they make you feel welcome. They bring bands there that play there. They put up all these beautiful lights. Like it's a good time to be there always. And that's, right. that goes back to building with people, community, exactly. And they're, they're awesome at that. I love them down there. Yeah. And like, I think that I, as a person, like I'm just a chatty Kathy. So like when I'm at shows and like I'm around, I'm always talking to people. But mm, this year, right in their ear. <laughs> I've noticed that I wasn't, I don't, I think this year it was an opportunity for me to be more forward with networking where like I was actually putting myself proactively into more situations to network more because I was always good at networking where I was at, but I wasn't mm -hmm. like actually like putting myself into like even extra positions, like more frequently, I guess. Like I was yeah. going to some of the audio engineer society meetings and I was going to obviously shows and things like that. And you hang out yep. with bands, but this year I've been going to some of the uh, chambers of commerce and I've been going to like a lot more things like this where we met up and had coffee and like actually going out to just meet people and interactions that I have online and take them offline. That's something yeah. that I've been doing to network more and it's made a big difference for me. Big what time. are some things that you do, Zach, that you might recommend to people if they're not networking, like they're, they're, they're working for themselves and they, they're like, shit, now that he said that I'm really not meeting people. What are some things that you do or you recommend you think? Well, I mean, the internet has made the world such a small place. And I'm not going to be like, oh, just find people through the internet. But if you can find someone through the internet and just send them an email, and like, it's like when I emailed you, I wasn't like, hey, work with me. I'm good at this. Like, I just was like, <laughs> hi, I, I do audio. You guys are a great band. I really like what you do. I'd love to connect. 
we don't need to hire each other or work together, but I just want to know who you guys are. And if we work together in the future, that'd be awesome. Just leave right. it at that. Cause it's, it, as soon as you put the business aspect in it, it's not fun. And nobody wants to be with the businessman. They want to make friends with people. And once you're their friend and you're connecting with them, they'll feel much more inclined to actually work with you because it won't feel like they're hiring some stranger off the internet. They're hiring a friend. So once I get that email, I finally get that response back. I'll be like, let's go get coffee. Let's go get a drink. Let's go get lunch. Like whatever it takes. You can come here. Let's let's meet up and hang out. And right. no no money needs to be exchanged. Nothing like that. Let's just connect. Is that like I said, that's what it's all about. You got to build with these people. And in order to do that, you need to literally come into their lives and kind of be a part of it beforehand. Right. Yeah, I think um I don't know, man. I mean, that made such a big difference for me. Like I I think i i think business a lot like i'm I'm definitely always thinking about how i can be better at doing whatever it is that i do but it should never be like a forward way because that that's just not the way that people are are yeah. living life dude like you don't and actually they, live life of like how do i business this thing like you're just a exactly. living person doing things and you and have like, to find ways that make sense to connect with each other and then at some point there's going to be things that make sense for work because people need it. Like, like yeah. literally people on this podcast, dude, like I had, um, Craig Holland illustrations on. So I had him on the podcast and then I was like, Oh, I need some illustrations for this, for like the podcast Instagram. I want to do that little comic book slide thing that yeah. I had the idea for. And Craig was someone that I spent minimum of, of an hour talking with and then hung out since that point and then i had that need come up and was like oh i want to do business with craig because he's on top of mine he's your friend now he's in your circle exactly right. and right. like i'm not i'm not a shark in the water i don't come up to people like hmm, we're gonna be friends and you're gonna pay me <laughs> like i come up to them like we're gonna connect and if something happens cool if not whatever you know at least now i, I can say i know you if you ever get famous or you know whatever it may be like we have some sort of connection now that's like i said that's the name of the game, dude. I can't really, I really cannot stress that enough. Yeah. I mean, I would say that if you came up to me and did that voice and did that thing with your <laughs> hands, I would probably hire you immediately. Oh, but yeah. I think on the rear, <laughs> I have microphones yeah. in here. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you were just sitting there and did that straight up at the back of Rocco's, like, like I think that you would actually still get hired. Oh yeah. That's my two step. <laughs> just, <laughs> just do a little shark fin rub and they're like yeah yeah they're, they're like <laughs> look at that creepy guy back there and they're like yeah he records bands dude he's really good at it and they're like, like oh, oh dude okay. that's that's zach zilla don't mind him <laughs> <laughs> it, hey it would be something that was memorable i would oh, say true. that yeah top of mind dude <laughs> <laughs> so dude um like speaking of that like recently and um we kind of broke this down like a, a tiny bit, but you made that content strategy guide that you had. Yes. And that was something to kind of in align with what we're talking about here. You are providing something that helps out artists exactly. first, right? Mm -hmm. An artist first thing to help them with their content release strategies. And you're creating something that is top of mind because that's something that if I'm an artist and I find it helpful, I'm going to come back and maybe reference that 
multiple times to read some of the information and then use it on something. Talk to me, like what went into making the decision to create that? And, and what were some of the things that you went through in your head when you were creating that content release guide that you have for your website? Well, I get these questions all the time and they're good questions and I love to answer them, but we're always in the middle of a session or we're in the middle of mixing something and they're like, how do I get my songs on Spotify? Right. How do I get on a playlist? What are, what are codes and royalties? And she's like, we don't have time to go down this rabbit hole right now, but sometimes I would. And it would just, it would take up so much of our time that we ended up spending most of the session just talking, which it's important. So it's good. But I wanted to do something where I could just be like, let's hold off on that. Let's focus on this. And when we get closer to the end, let me send you this. So I want it to be something that like I can give to people that I work with and maybe eventually sell. But right now I'm, I'm just kind of giving it away for free to anybody. You don't even have to be someone I work with. And I just wanted it to have literally how to hit the ground running. So you've got your masters. We got them lined up for Spotify, Apple Music, all that. What's next? What do I do? Like, what do I, I've got codes. What do I do with these? How do I collect royalties? How do I pitch my music to movies and TV? How do I get on Spotify playlists? How do I get reviews? So I wanted to kind of get all of that together and kind of just break it down step by step. And even in the PDF, there's the top page where you can literally see what page says what. Because I want it to be revisitable because it's a lot. It's, it's not something that you could read one time and be like, got it, moving on. Definitely like it, not. It's, it's stuff that even I tend to reread. and be like, how do I do this again? How, what does this cost? What, what are the numbers in this situation? And I, it's one of those things where I want to keep updating it too. So as I get it out there, I want to start you know, reaching back out to the readers that are reading it and ask them like, what, what could be stronger? What didn't I go into enough detail on? What didn't I go into any detail on? And, you know, we all have our own experiences. I, I know people who have literally gone on tour and do that for their life. And that's awesome. That's a great way to make a living. But they probably know something that I don't know. So I want to see what they may know that I don't so I can keep growing this PDF. I want it to be something that people can always reference. And it will always be, you know, up to date from the numbers to how things are done to everything. I just I really want it to be something that the community can grasp and grow with. And I want to grow with the community as well. Right. Yeah. So how long did it take you to make that? That's a pretty, like, it's a pretty long document. It's very in-depth. Well, when I first started doing it, it was seriously, it was only social media. It was, so it was like maybe the first six or seven pages. And I did it like a year ago. And that was something I just kind of passed out to bands here and there. And it wasn't fancy. It was literally just like a word document. It was like here, like you guys suck at social media. This is how you can be better. Because some people would post a song and they'd be like, whoa, it's me. No one's listening to my song. And it's like, well, if you just post a link and you didn't say anything, it's not very engaging. No one's going to grasp that and try to, you know, come back to it. And right. then once, once you go to the whole woe is me or the anger, like you start lashing out at people who aren't listening to it or, you know, reading it or clicking the link or whatever it may be, it just looks bad. It looks so bad. And I, uh, I know so many people who are so talented, but it's like, stop doing that. So then I started doing the social media thing. And then people started, like I said, or asked me questions about royalties and all this. And I was like, oh man, I mean, I could... I could make this bigger. It doesn't have to be five pages. I think right now it's at like 16, 17 pages. Yeah. So it's, it's a little in length, but I kept it humorous. You know, I peppered in some jokes here and there, and I just wanted to make it something that's fun to read as much as it is good to read. What are some of like the key takeaways from it for artists that are listening to this? And we'll definitely have a link guys in the show notes. So if you want to check out Zach's guide, you can read it in depth, but what are some things that, 
Like, do you have any goodies from it that are like, how the hell do I not know this by now? Like something that you think that they might have, they really could dig into. That's a good one. I mean, there's a bunch of little quotes in there and I, I broke it down. So it, it, like I said, it reads well, it reads fun. Everyone who's read it has said the same thing. So I know that, but I have it so that there's like nice little quotes that kind of repeat here and there. And one of them is invest in your fans experience and in turn, they'll invest in you. So I'm not saying like blow all your money, but like if you don't take the time to really work on something like an album cover, it's, you know, a small detail, but if you're just like, eh, here's a color blue and that's good. Just throw my name on it and we're, we're good. That's my album cover. It's like, mm, you could have done better. If you really right. thought about it. Like you work so hard on the music. Why not work hard on the whole process? Because putting out the music is just as important as writing it, as recording it and as sharing it. It's, it's really, it's how you market yourself. You should sell yourself without feeling like you're selling yourself. Yeah. It's dude. It's such like a, that I would say is something that's come up a lot on the podcast of bridging the gap between consistency and content, like getting past your fear to even let it out in mm. perfection. And I would say that that's one of those points where if you've already worked that hard on the record, it makes no sense to take music that you recorded very well and attach it to bad artwork or a bad music video or no publicity or hype or any work exactly. in it really. Exactly. But in the same exactly. aspect is like, say you didn't go to the recording studio. It's still better for you to be taking those iPhone recordings or like a video that you took of your phone doing something like get, like I would encourage you if you're not at that professional step to also get something out there too. Maybe don't take oh, that yeah. and put it up to Spotify. But I always and tell people, there's a lot of people that just don't put anything out and they're not ready to go in the studio yet. And I always am after them, like, guys, just, get, just put things out there. Put stuff out. You don't yeah. know what people think until you get something out. Exactly. And there, I've had so many bands come in and do full length, like 15 song albums. And I'm just like, have you, do you guys don't have anything out yet? Like people aren't going to sit down to a 15, you know, track album where each song is like six minutes long. Like break this up. Let's yeah, do yeah. three, five song albums or EPs. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this, these guys are putting out a lot of stuff consistently. And I That's feel like awesome. in this day and age, that looks way better than doing the one full length every year or two. It's so much too. better to just be like, here's a couple singles or here's an EP here and there. So I do too. don't be afraid it's, to put it's out- It's still a, not like broken yet. It's still like, there's so many, and I I would imagine you're the same where like I grew up listening to albums. Oh yeah. 12, 12 songs CDs, right? I still do. So oh, like yeah. my, my intuition tells me when I'm recording with my band, I was like, initially I was like, we have to come out with an album, but- it doesn't, in a lot of circumstances, it doesn't make sense. And so we, we've been doing EPs and, and, uh, and starting to do singles now. And I guess like, you know, don't, you know, do things that make sense for the art, but too, like, yeah, just like you're saying, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, don't be the guy that's like, I'm just going to make music and pump a song out every week. I mean, if you're really good and it works out, that's awesome. But like more often than not, there's going to be some garbage in there. David Bowie put out, I think like 37 albums. There's some great gold in there, but not all of them are good, you know? So right. <laughs> don't be afraid to put out a bad song, but also don't let the art suffer just to get something out there either. Agreed. Yeah. yeah like what if it was an amazing song and you just recorded it like a dumpster fire and you're like, now no one's listening. I mean, other uh, side there, of it, right? There's some arguments against that because some of my favorite albums just sound like garbage, but they're just... <laughs> They're just, the music is so good, you know, you know, like I'm not going to throw any names under the bus, but uh, people are out there and you, you, you've, you've listened to some pretty crappy songs and be like, this is good. 
and like it just doesn't stand up to other mixes it happens you know dude i'm from punk hardcore scene yeah you bet oh yeah that i know what i mean a good song is a good brashly recorded stuff sounds like and and i don't know man i mean it definitely rubs off in in my style too because i like (laughs) when people try to over polish stuff i'm always trying to find a way i'm like how can we sand this down a little you know oh yeah oh yeah i mean it's 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 just one of those things you know like don't don't focus so much on making it sound perfect just make it sound good like a, a good song is a good song but like a good mix can't save a bad song 100% 100% oh yeah but a good song and a bad mix is still okay because at the end of the day the song is the most important part I agree yeah garbage in is garbage out like at the end of the day you can do a million things to definitely polish that but if it's not the effort in the beginning it doesn't matter exactly so on a day-to-day basis what do you do what are some of the things that you put into place to because I know we we're just talking about like freelance life where you know we're heading into december here and you said sometimes it can be slow but this year has been busy what are some of the things that you're doing to schedule yourself and also what are some of the things that you're doing to measure your success on that because i would say the thoughts that you're telling me of doing those things that will make you or has made you successful versus you can sometimes meet people who are freelancing and they're not treating it as as uh, as a business in that way where like that's extremely important to measure yourself and to keep yourself on track. Like Definitely. what do you do to do that? Um, I do my own bookkeeping. So I see all the money that comes in, all the money that comes out. And you know, first year wasn't pretty, but you, you learn a lot. So that's that's kind of why I wanted to keep that stuff, especially the bad years, because I like to see how I've been bookkeeping for like four or five years now. So it's nice to see the growth from the first year to the second year to the third year to, to now. And like you said, December is usually my slower month. But looking at this month versus, you know, two years ago this month, it's a huge difference. Like two years ago this month, I would, had nothing. I wasn't doing anything. It was just, I don't know if I took the holiday or what, but like there was just no money coming in that month. But this month, like I've been really steady. I've been wrapping up this one album with this guy here in New Hampshire and super talented guy. And I'm, I'm very excited to put that out. Mike Whitney, if you're listening, shout out to you, dude. But um, it's just been like an uphill snowball effect or downhill, I should say. Because as the snowball is going down, it's getting bigger and bigger. And I'm starting to pull in more and more stuff. And I've actually gotten to the point where like I've gotten some emails and it's just not my style of music. And I've been able to be like, I don't think I can help you here. I can connect you with someone who can, but this just isn't for me. And wow. Two years awesome, ago, dude. I would have been like, yes, yes, anything. Like, <laughs> I, need, I need food. I just want to show my dad that this is a real job and that I can do this. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like, I know I'm going to do a bad job on this. So why would I put myself in that, that position if I know that I know someone else could do better than me? Right. 100%, man. Yeah. And you get so much respect from that. Like, it sounds like one of those little things where it's like, Ugh, I can't handle it. But like, the artists themselves don't view it like that. They're like, okay, he, he knows his realm and then this isn't in his realm. They can respect that. And I've never had like any weird responses back from that. No, I, I think that it takes a big person to do that because you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about what makes the most sense for the art. And like, exactly. I'm with you the same way, man. Like when I first started, then it was just like, I will record anything. 
that I'm supposed to, that is possible to recording because I, I have to get experience. I have to start getting income to make this a reality. And then when you have enough work to do what you're doing, it's not like you don't, you can't benefit from continuing to have work. Like that's the point of a business, but it's, it's, you're trying to do what's best for the artist first. And if someone comes at me and is like, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm a pretty mixed guy. Like you do a bunch of genres too, but yeah, I'm trying to think of something that would totally like, I'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I do like a lot of pop, but like maybe if someone came to me like to specifically produce, I don't know that I write like the best pop beats. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not super, super in, um, like I I've been on organic instruments for so long. I do a lot now. Yeah. synthetically but like i don't know how to design like crazy you know pulsing uh like side chain going through three oscillators and oh, tweaking God, every yeah. oscillator for like making synth sounds and stuff like i'm just not like unreal at synths and things like that yet yeah so i mean i play with them but like same thing i'm I'm just i'm a guitar player at the end of the day i i did a pop record with this one guy and I mixed two songs, and then he sent me this one of him just playing an acoustic and singing. And he's like, could you write out this and make it something bigger and better? Like, produce the beat, basically. Yeah. And I was straight up like, I'm a big guitar player, so like, I hope that's okay. And he was just like, yeah, well, I could work with that. And he liked it. It sounded good with his vocals and everything in it, but at the end of the day, it just it wasn't a right fit. Because he was so f- far into the like, R&B pop world, where he's like almost like Chris Brown sounding. And then I'm coming at him and like, I'm not an Imagine Dragons fan, but like being a rock guy coming in trying to do pop, it sounded like an Imagine Dragons song. Which so is it, sick to me. I think that's sick. It was pretty cool. Maybe after I'll share it with you because I still have that instrumental line around somewhere. But um, nice. I mean, he was like, oh, I'll take this. I'll take it. I don't know if it's what I'm going to use. He's like, but I have some other people who might be doing something that might work better for my sound. And cool. honestly, once the album came out, like listening to my version versus like all the other songs, oh, it wouldn't have fit. It would have been so bizarre because it was all synths and keys and, you know, bubbly pop music. And then all of a right. sudden there's like crazy guitar tone straight out of my Hughes and Kettner. Like, so <laughs> it, was, it was probably a better choice. And I still mix with the guy. and I still master some of his stuff, but we've kind of decided like, maybe I shouldn't produce your stuff like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's out of my dude. wheelhouse. So like what, um, like what now you've been out for like three or four years, I guess. What are you? What are your plans for the future? Like, what are you looking forward to with this project and this business? I mean, that's the thing about freelancing is we we kind of talked about this earlier, but like, you always worry that this is the end. This is the last month. You know, you're like, am I getting enough people in here? Like, is this is this a real business? Like, is my dad proud? But like, <laughs> 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 yeah. But you know, it's. You got to keep your your nose to the grindstone and just just keep going for it. Like just keep those voices in the back of your head in the back of your head and just keep pushing forward. Keep connecting with people because it's it's one of those things where you, when you're thinking about it, it's all oh, so scary. Like it, you're thinking about everything that's not happening, but when you're not thinking about it and you're just kind of going through the motions and doing it, everything comes together and it's that's when everything is really kind of beautiful. Is I can I can feel the traction underneath me. But then it's, the minute I'm started thinking about it, that's when it starts to dissipate. So just just enjoy it. Connect with people. Build your brand. Do whatever it is you're doing. And this this works for photography and everything. You know, it's it's anything freelance. It's 
I, I can't believe how many times I've said this, but it's all about connecting with people. I can't nail that into anybody's head enough. Like you need to branch out. You need to connect with everyone you can. Even in my time in Full Sail, I was telling you about this when we met up, but um, I worked with uh, Darren Schneider, who's an amazing producer. He does like Mute Math and Backstreet Boys and a ton of stuff in between those artists. And um, he was one of those guys that was just really cruel to people and very quick and cold. But he was one of those people like once he said something good, you knew it was good. Like it, it wasn't just like it was okay. Like it was great. So I would just sit right up front. I would pick his brain. I would connect with the guy as much as I could. And just just by being class pet, I guess I don't I would, don't know if I'd really call, call it that. It was more just trying to connect with the guy. But um, I got jobs working with him outside of Full Sail, and I got to do things that you know students at Full Sail weren't doing. Like I literally was on the front lines with him, like working on records, which is really, really cool. And it wasn't a paid thing, but from what I learned and what I experienced, that was payment enough, you know, like that's stuff that I live and die by every single day still to this day. Yeah. I mean, I had, dude, we were just talking about this. We're like, I don't know the podcast number. I'll (laughs) slip this in. No, (laughs) we had recently, uh, Joe solo, who's like a producer from LA that did uh, like Macy Gray and some of Fergie's things and some really great projects. Nice, and I yeah. met him because both of us like were tired of like, it was AES is the audio engineer society convention in LA. Mm-hmm. We were trying to find a space in that convention center that was quieter. So both of us like went upstairs and we like snuck into this like side room that like we totally were not supposed to be in. <laughs> and we both were just sitting down having lunch in there and we were like, Hey, you're another random person in this obscenely quiet room. Do you want to talk? And uh, <laughs> it's just like, it's such a weird thing, but like literally a conversation out of like a random side quest in the day to just eat a quick lunch can turn into a relationship where I've talked to Joe for the past three or four years at this point, just picking his brain every once in a while. Yeah. And it's little connections like that that. You just don't know what will happen. Exactly. You know? exactly. Like earlier today, I was talking with uh, a kid named Dominic from Michigan. I met him through Instagram, but like mm-hmm. we had a conversation that was like so, so like it kept going. I was like, dude, let's just ca- do a call at this point because we're just talking <laughs> too long. And we did a call and now it's like, I'm sure that at some point something will happen with the two of us somewhere in the next whatever 70 years that i have on this planet you know exactly and uh i don't know i I, i'm with you dude where like i really wish i had this like awakening of that i don't think i've ever been close to people but i've never been trying to be more open than i ever have than the past year or two and uh it makes a big difference when you're trying to find people that you can connect with because people are habitually supposed to do this. Like this, just what the human race is supposed to do. We are like hunters and gatherers of tribes. That's why when you're talking marketing, you're talking about finding your tribe because people group and and conglomerate together. And that's just the way that we function. Oh yeah. I mean, in high school I got, you know, least approachable and I, I had friends, but I wasn't one of those people to go out of my way. That's to people that with don't people. like metal, dude. <laughs> <laughs> or you're doing that shark thing. Oh, I, I was just walking the halls in high school, just like. <laughs> but um, <Hell> yeah. <laughs> but like, okay. least approachable. 
Yeah. <laughs> I used to just man. like put headphones in and just like put my head down, just like walk beeline straight to class. And I would like put my head down, sleep. I, I was a, I was the worst in high school. I've learned a lot since then. I feel like I'm a much better person now. But you know, it's just it's one of those things where like I never really wanted to connect with a million people. I would connect with people if they were cool and if we had good relationships, like we were in a band or you were a fellow band or whatever, but I would never go out of my way to connect with people. But now right. I'm at this point in my life where I'm just like, I'll shake anybody's fucking hand. Like, let's be friends. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. This doesn't hurt anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, worst case, you know, they're a photographer and like we shake hands and like we never really meet up again. But best case, maybe I need a photographer and I can be like, hey, can you come in and help me out? Or, hey, this band needs a photographer. And like, it's, I love building a pool of people around me because if I can't do something, I want to know someone who can or some people who can. So that way, if I am working with an artist, I can be like, oh. I can't do that, but I know three people who can. So let me link you up to that. So like exactly. beats, I don't make beats, but I know people who do. So I can connect people who do photography, videography, graphic designers. Like I try to connect with everyone I can. And if you're watching this and you're one of those people, send me a message. Maybe I can get you some work. Maybe we could be friends. You never know. It's, it's definitely worthwhile. Right. So dude, um, I always ask people five questions at the end and I kind of, ask them and I don't want you to take too much time to think about it. Just give me your thoughts of the moment. Lightning round. Okay, here we go. Yeah. I know I should name it something, dude. I don't name it anything. I say we have these five questions and it kind of <laughs> sucks. So no, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll name it something. Um, so first question would be, you know, throughout this process of going after this, what is, like you look back f- to you four years ago, who's working on doing this as well. And you're like, I learned something from this, but this is the worst decision that I made in the time. Like, I don't recommend that you do this. Take my lesson. Don't do mm-hmm. this thing though. What would you tell them? Save your money. Don't, don't go out there and be like, I'm going to get a new board. I'm going to get a new microphone. Like start with what you have and as you need it, get it. Cause I, I would just buy pedals and microphones and stuff. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, I've learned from that and I've saved up money and I've paid off all those debts that I, I queued when I was younger. But, awesome. um, but, uh, you know, it's, if, if I need a new tuner pedal, I'll go get it. If I feel like one of my microphones crapping out, I need a new microphone. I'll go get it. You know, use it as an expense of something that you need. Don't just go grab it. I love that dude. Yeah. Use it as an expense. Cause I know so I many people are like, a- how do you, I saw you record an album. I'm going to go buy pro tools now. I'm like, Phew. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like get studio one, something free, play around with it first, you know, accumulate stuff. This doesn't happen overnight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like just like the way that you phrase that, like I, I do, I do think that way, but use it as an expense, right? It's an expense of the project. It's something that it is part of having to do that thing. And that's why you had to get the thing. Exactly. Exactly. Instead of getting a thing and using it when you, I mean, don't Can. get me wrong. I love new toys, but at no, the end of dude. the day, it's like money is important and I need to feed myself, keep this roof over my head and keep the lights on <laughs> in the studio. So well, if we had like an unlimited stream of money, they would be probably very bad for the environment because of the amount of materials that we suck in, like the amount of metal and like capacitor shortage that there would be in the world. Oh, if we yeah. could just endlessly buy rack equipment <laughs> would be oh, yeah. like probably awful we probably end the planet oh definitely 
We have to take down all the mountains, clear the forest, just so I can finish, finally finish uh, my rack gear here. Yeah. Finish, get this uh, 500 series filled up. All right. So flip side to that, like you, you would tell that same person, this is the best thing that I've ever done. And it can be some, it can be something that you've already said already, but like where you're like, you know, five years ago, you need to start this now. I wish yeah. that I did this five years ago. Start doing this right now. Yeah. Kind of going back to what I said with the the whole, um, what I was doing in full sale, like kind of hanging out with my teachers, get an internship. You don't get paid, but you get paid in a lot of experience. And I interned at um, the Bridge Soundstage in Cambridge for a couple of years, and I ended up blossoming into this amazing friendship with these guys. And I learned so much in my time working with them, and I got to work with amazing bands. And that's, they're a really great studio. They actually just won uh, Studio of the Year for uh, the Boston Music Awards that just passed. Holy so, shit. That's yeah, awesome. They're, they're awesome dudes. Alex, uh, Mertz, all of them. I love them to death. They're awesome guys. Awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I interned when I was at school because I wanted more time. Yeah. And I, and the studio that I've maintained a relationship with on the fringe has been huge, dude. And yeah. like allowing me a space to track at and like, I don't know. I mean, there's just definitely a difference between learning and doing and that gave me the doing that i needed way sooner than exactly I had the chance and so that was big th- one of the big like turning points in that internship wasn't just like oh plug in the microphones or do this like they had me go through all of the gear so they could get you know what it cost all the serial numbers everything for insurance purposes so i spent like two months just like crawling around in crawl spaces like moving xlr cables out of the way like trying to find serial numbers for every compressor every like preamp every eq every microphone the grand piano everything so like that taught me a lot but then even just seeing the business side because they would have me do all the deposits and stuff that that's totally, awesome that's totally very, that's changed great. everything i do because now I, I completely follow their motto and it just it makes so much more sense for me it, it keeps me safe keeps the artist safe and it makes everything clean so that way when we come into record we come into record it's not business there's no money involved everything's already paid for and done and we're just gonna put a microphone up to you and we're gonna we're gonna make amazing record i love that yeah what would you say you know out of all the things that you could do i know that like you kind of jumped on the cello and that kind of led you into this but what made it so that despite you know those feelings when sometimes you're like, this is the last month, like those hard months or whatever is being a freelancer. What makes you have to do this over any other thing? What makes it so that this is the thing that you have to do? I just want to live a happy life, you know, and I couldn't do the nine to five. I, I don't know. I mean, I know so many people who are in construction and my dad, my grandfather, my uncle, like my whole family's in construction. And my dad even said like a year ago, like, Hey, if you need like a real job, like I can pull you in and train you. And then even the last couple of weeks, he's been like, I'm so proud of you, bud. Like seeing all the stuff that you're doing with this music stuff, like it's really cool and it's really amazing. So oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, just gotta stay on it. That's the hard part. You just have to stay on it and not give mm-hmm. up. Exactly. Cool. I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, that's the point of this podcast. It's called the Waking Up From Work podcast. Yeah. And I always def- like clarify that to people where I say, I'm not shitting on a nine to five if you do that no and you are inadvertently happy to do that go do that every single day the yeah, point yeah. of the podcast and, and the point of that thought and i think it's it's really going to be and it's starting to show its head a big issue in this time with debt 
to what people want to do and are unfortunately getting hit with it and controlled by is you spend a lot of fucking time working, dude. Oh yeah. You spend a lot of time doing things to generate income. Most of the time there's people that find passive ways and that's great. Yeah. But if you're doing something that you don't like to do, then it's like, I don't know, man. Sometimes I spend more time doing that than see my wife or see my best friends or see my family. And there needs to be a real, real good reason why that time is not with those people or doing other things. I mean, you only have one life. You only have one life. So why work a job that you hate? Like, like I said, my dad's been doing construction since he was like 16 and he hates it. He hates it. He makes good money, but he just, he hates every single day of it. And like, don't get me wrong. There's so much stress that comes with doing the audio world. I've had people like yell at me behind me while I'm trying to edit their stuff. And, and I've had people who are very relaxed and very chill. So it's not, it's never predictable. That's I told you the color coding of, thing, right? It's that kind color of, coding day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to go into kind that of, at all, but I've been there. Yeah. You know, I've been there. <laughs> it's kind of beautiful. Cause you know, every day I don't know what to expect. And some days are very easy going and some days are very stressful. But like the thing that really makes it worthwhile is the end piece. When everything's said and done, we have the record out and it's doing well. That makes me happy. And getting the messages from the people I've worked with just being like, oh my God, like this is, this is the most amazing thing I've ever done in my entire life. Like that's what I live for. And that, that just makes me so happy. And I just, I want to live comfortably. If I can be rich doing this, that'd be amazing. But if, as long as I can live my life and do what I want to do and be happy, then yeah, why not? Why not do it? You know, take the risk. I love it. What is, it can be a book, a podcast, a video, like, and we'll include your, uh, We'll include your resource too anyway, but mm-hmm. what's a uh, resource for people in the creative freelance space that you would recommend that they grab a hold of if they haven't already? Well, I mean, we've talked about them a million times, but the, the Six Figure Home Studio, are they're amazing guys. They're very down it. to earth. They're very, it's an audio related podcast, but they don't talk gear. They don't, they don't really dwell on that they more talk about like relationship stuff business stuff things like that and they're just super relatable guys they're super funny like they're they're very well spoken and they're just you put it on and you feel like you're in the room hanging out with them basically so and they good, give dude. they give you information that has literally just transformed how i look at everything not just the business side of this but everything yes i yeah, yeah it i mean people have heard me chatter about that because that podcast has influenced me a lot as well and we've actually had a lot of people from the six-figure community on this show because i'm meeting people like you said yeah through the through the community there and it's um, a great it's a great community it's it's it's, it's really awesome cool to be dude. with all these like like-minded people and that's that's one of my favorite things about full sales everywhere i went there was an audio person so i could pick their brain or be like hey listen to this what do you think but i mean the community is pretty much the same thing just on an online platform and i feel like i've met so many people through it that's it's very worthwhile to be a part of right yeah man um and and for those of you that do like the six figure home studio podcast we are going to have chris graham on it from that one of the co-hosts at some point but he's getting killed by his uh his side side hustle um not even really but like making bounce butler like come out his mm-hmm. software for bouncing stuff like 
It's amazing. He's he's he will he will be on the show. Mark my words, but it, he it has to be uh, in the new year, guys. And he's going to come hang out with us and and bring some of that here. That's if so you cool. Like the podcast. Can't um, wait for that one. So Zach, for people that want to work with you or connect with you in any way, where do they find you? Website, social. What what's the best places for them to to stay up to date with you and, yeah. and keep up with what you're doing? Well, everyone is always just like, oh, email them, email them. And yeah, you can email me, Zachary Zyla, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y-Z-Y-L-A at Gmail. Uh, But I'm on Facebook. I've got a Facebook page that I run. We've just recently broke over a thousand likes and I I share articles, memes, music I've worked on. It's it's more or less just just to have fun, connect with people. So that's a great place to connect with me. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I don't use it as often as I used to, but you can find me there, Zach Zyla. Uh, Yeah, just find me on Facebook, add me. Like my page, you can go to my website, zachzylaaudio.com, Z-A-C-H-Z-Y-L-A. And yeah, fill out a form, send me an email, message me on Facebook, whatever works. Sick. All right, man. Well, dude, thanks for joining me on the Waking Up From Work podcast, episode 39 with Zach Zyla audio. (laughs) It was great to be here, man. It's always good to talk to you. All right, guys, that's going to do it for episode 39 of the Waking Up From Work podcast. And that is going to top off 2019 is the last episode that we put out for the year. Really excited to hit 2020 with you guys because I've got a lot of things in store to build the community, to find places to meet you guys out and about this year and head into the new year with my goals and your goals as well. If you enjoyed that episode and you want more information on Zach, head on over to the show notes or Zach's website, wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes will have his everything that he mentioned his content guide his links and everything or you can definitely find everything at zach Zyla audio if you want to head on over and check out his stuff on his website and his social he's a really good dude and it's been awesome meeting him and, and hanging with him a little bit if you want to support the podcast we would really appreciate if you left a review and a rating or follow us and subscribe on anything that we're up to. All of that really helps a lot. It helps people find us. If you're finding value in it, it's a really great way to do something awesome for us for free. We really appreciate having you guys around. If you want to support us financially to help us while we're putting out this content during our side hustle and our hustle hustle, then head on over to patreon.com slash waking up from work podcast. And we have a couple different tiers on there that should add some value to what you're doing. And if you want to see more in-depth audio content specifically, like you're a podcaster, voice actor, musician, you really want to get more in the dirt about specifically audio information, tips and tricks, head on over to crawlspaceaudio.com. And I have a blog and a YouTube channel for that specifically to handle questions that you have for that. But at any point, guys, if you want to interact with me, I am super alive on a lot of different things. So just check out at Dave Wake Up on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, or absolutely feel free to contact us direct on the website. And of course, we have a Facebook community as well right now that is starting to rev up this year called Connecting Creatives. And it's been a lot more in-depth on the content that's in the podcast and conversations that people are having with other creatives. So it's been a lot of fun. Tons of love to you guys. Hope you are ready for an unreal year in 2020. Cheers. Cheers.